Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. They say best men are molded out of folks and, for the most, become much more the better for being a little bad. William Shakespeare. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be the host for this podcast. What have you been up to? What have you been engaging in? What have you been learning? Let us know. Pop over to the website. Keep in touch. Love to hear from you. So what are we exploring in this podcast? Well, I've been asked a couple of times this week, what is the fastest way to grow and get forward? And my response is feedback. Feedback is the breakfast of champions and not Wheaties. So I thought to myself, let's take a little bit of time out and explore feedback because feedback is wonderful. And what you might discover is that at some point in your career, and probably a lot of you are already there, there gets a point where getting the feedback that you need to grow to that next level is tricky. And this dawned on me when we run the NLP Training the Trainer program, because I get a lot of international trainers who come and take our course, not because they want to become NLP trainers, is that they want the level of feedback that will push them to the next level. So let's start to explore feedback, how to receive feedback, how to give feedback, and also how to get the feedback that you need to grow to the next level. And as wonderful as feedback is, there's some downsides to it, because sometimes it can breed conformity, because people want you to do it the way that they do, and it can stifle that creativity. Also, it could be damaging to relationships, unfortunately. So I think there's a couple of responsibilities in giving feedback and receiving feedback. And when you receive feedback, you are responsible of keeping that relationship intact. Yes, that also goes for when you're given feedback. And I think that's quite well documented. So let's explore what do we mean about when you're receiving feedback, it is your responsibility to keep that relationship intact. Now what can happen is sometimes people hide feedback in a whole bunch of rubbish and opinions and it takes a little while to dig down to find those gold nuggets that will really help you grow and move forward in that area of your life. So I think one of the ways that you keep the relationship intact is when somebody gives you feedback, the first words out of your mouth will be thank you. Whether you agree with the feedback or not, whether you think the feedback is just, whether you think they're just plain wrong, the first words out of your mouth will be, thank you. Then if you're unsure of what they mean by the feedback, ask for clarity around the feedback. 
Now resist the urge to put in some justifications, like it's Tuesday, I never normally do it on a Tuesday like this, but you just happen to catch me at the one time that I've done it like this. No, no, no. We're seeking clarification. Can you help me understand what you mean by that? And also, I think it is worth saying here that you also have the right not to receive feedback. Now, I go out of my way to receive feedback, and I'm in a profession that gives me lots of feedback. But there are times when I'm not in the place to give feedback. And you'll find yourself in times when you're not in the right place physically or mentally to receive feedback. Now, this doesn't count if you're at work and you have a one-to-one and it's part of what you're doing at that point. But there are times when you're just too tired or not physically able to receive the feedback. And now for me, it's often, if I've done a two-day introduction into NLP and I poured my heart out and given my most, somebody will come up to me and say, can I give you some feedback? And I'll say, no. And it's not that I don't want it, because I do want it. And I'll ask them to contact me or to write it on the feedback forms, because that's one of the places we normally get the feedback or contact me if they want to talk to me 48 hours after the course. And they'll say, oh, okay, Um, all I was going to say was, and I'll say no, because I'm not gonna get the most from the feedback. So it's okay to say no to feedback in certain circumstances. But it's not that you don't want it, you still want to get that feedback. Right, so when you receive feedback, we talked about keeping a relationship intact saying thank you and asking to expand on it if you need to understand further, then the way that feedback becomes useful is you do something with it. So if you're gonna change your behavior based on the feedback you receive from somebody else, my recommendation would be to have some sort of evaluation process. And that normally is about asking yourself some questions and exploring this a little bit further. Not with the person normally to give you any feedback, and if you have to go back to them, that's fine. But this is an internal process. Now, one of the first questions I ask myself is this. Does this feedback tell me more about the person giving it than the person receiving it? Does this feedback tell me more about the person giving it than the person receiving it? Which is an interesting idea. And even if it, even if it does tell me more about the person giving it than receiving it, it doesn't mean I reject it. It's just a filtering process. But that as an idea, it can be quite profound. Because if you reverse it and you think to yourself, oh, I'd like to give that person some feedback, that's often the area that you need to be working on. Right, so the first question is, does this tell me more about the person giving it than the person receiving it? And even if it does, like we said, doesn't mean I reject it. Then, the next part would be to ask this question, does this person have the authority to give me this feedback? So what do I mean by that? Because I'm not talking about are they a boss or somebody who has a senior position. I'm saying, do they have the authority to give you this feedback? What I mean by that, for example, is that I'm doing a lot of work with Jagger Land Rover and I'm doing all the NLP training. So I'm working with a lot of engineers. I've not been trained as an engineer. And if I look at a piece of work that an engineer is doing and I give him some feedback on that, my authority in that area is not great because I'm not trained as an engineer. And they'll be polite, they'll say thank you and ask for any clarification. And yet, if one of their colleagues who has been an engineer for the last 30 years come across and given that same feedback, they're more likely to carry much more weight with that feedback. 
And even if somebody does not have the authority to give me that type of feedback, it's not that I'm going to reject it. It's a filtering process, remember. And then if you're going to change your behavior based on the feedback somebody else has given you, my recommendation is that you track it and make changes if you need to. So for example, so when I'm training, we get a lot of feedback. We ask for it and it's in written format. So we get some people to say too much theory, too little theory, too many practicals, too little practicals. Notice their opinions. And I'm not going to change my behavior on someone's opinion because as a trainer, I have an overarching process that I will take somebody through. But if I then see a piece of feedback I think is that's very valuable, I'm going to change what I do based on that feedback and I'll do it for the next 30 days and then evaluate it and update that behavior if I need to. So you see, part of that is to evaluate it in my case over a period of time. Right. That kind of leads us into giving feedback. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show is the NLP Train the Trainer Only for the Ambitions who wish to make a living teaching NLP. Apply for your place in this world-class training by heading over to the NLPCourses.com. Now we're going to look at a couple of models. The first model we're going to look at has a bad reputation. It's called the Feedback Sandwich. I can hear a lot of you groaning already, and yet it's still a good model for giving feedback. Now, there's various myths where it came from. We explore NLP in this podcast, so I'm going to give you the NLP myth. And I say it's an NLP myth because I haven't been able to verify 100% that if the story's true, but it's good at illustrating the point. Now, in the early days, the founders of NLP were working with the Air Force. And one of the things they wanted to explore was when you land a plane onto a carrier at sea, what can you do to improve people's ability? And one of the keys they understood would be feedback. And at that time, what was happening was this. If somebody made a mistake as they landed a plane on a carrier, they would get shouted at and they would be told what they did wrong and what they needed to do right. And what happened was they exponentially improved in that behavior right away. Yes, when you shout at somebody, when you tell them what they did wrong and tell them what to do Right, the very next time they're engaged in that behavior, they exponentially improve. And then very quickly, they get worse at it. The more you shout at them, the worse they become until eventually they're worse than when they started. Now, obviously, if you land in a plane on a carrier out at sea and you're making mistakes and you're getting worse at doing it, that's costly on many levels. So how could they improve it? So the story goes. First bit of bread in our feedback sandwich is something that's positive, undeniably true, that's sensory verifiable. And because they film everything in the cockpit, one of the things they said to the pilots as they headed towards the carriers, they said, we noted that you scanned the dials in the sequence you were taught to scan the dials. Now that's not earth shattering. It's not over the top gushing positive statements. It's sensory verifiable because they could watch, go back and watch the film if they needed to, and it's undeniably true. Yet, if we say you seemed happy and secure as you he headed towards the carrier, notice that's an opinion that can be argued with. So the first layer of our bread is something undeniably true, sensory verifiable, and it doesn't have to be earth shattering. But the idea behind that is, 
to keep the relationship intact. And you're indicating, you're noticing other things going on, not what somebody's just done wrong. Then we move into an area to improve upon. And that language was key. An area to improve upon would be. Now notice that's not saying you, which is a personal identity level attack. An area to improve upon would be. Now that's soft language. And also they noted that one area to improve upon would produce results. People could act upon it. As soon as you put another filling in, in a sandwich, that person didn't do anything. Now I understand that sometimes somebody will have several areas to improve upon, but here's the thing, and you think to yourself, I'm gonna tell them everything they need to improve upon and it will speed things up. The question then becomes, if you tell somebody two, three or four things that they need to improve upon and they don't improve on anything, have you speeded up the process or slowed it down? That's right, you've slowed it right down. So we don't want to turn this sandwich into a Scooby-Doo snack. We're going to have one filling and one filling only. And then, if you think about it, if they act on that one area and they improve on that area, will they also improve on some of the other areas? They will, because as soon as you become better in one area of your life, that has a knock-on effect to other areas of your life. So the key seemed to be, could you pick something that had the biggest impact? So with our plane coming down and landed on the carrier, one of the things they said, because there was a point as you bring the plane down and you can see the carrier, you can physically see the ship. So they said, one area to improve upon as when the ship comes into sight to look at it, 15% more than you are at that moment. Now it sounds precise and how you judge 15%, I'm not sure, but notice it's something you could act upon. Then our last layer of bread, again, is something positive. And this time it said that you could be much more of an opinion. But in our example, what they said was, and what we noticed overall that you stayed within the stress range that is applicable for when you're landing the plane on the carrier. Now they have dials so they pick up all the heart rate monitors, etc. Now I like that because it's still sensory verifiable, not over the top gushy. Now here's why the feedback sandwich gets a bad reputation. Because sometimes you'll get a manager go, oh no, I gotcha. What you really mean is positive, negative, positive. And what they say is, I like your shirt, your work shite, I like your shoes. Now is that what we've really been talking about? No, it's not. What we've been talking about actually takes a lot of effort and time. And also, if you read the One Minute Manager, you also know about positive feedback. So let's explore that from an NLP point of view. Now, Gregory Bateson. Gregory Bateson was a fascinating guy who influenced NLP in quite a big way, actually. And this story comes from Robert Diltz, where he talks about Gregory Bateson doing some research around porpoises and dolphins. And to fund that research, what they did was this. To invite a group of people in, charge them all a dollar and show them how do you teach a porpoise a new trick. And they were doing that three times a day. So what had happened was a group would come in, they all pay their dollar, they, they'd bring the porpoise from the Holden Bay into the main arena and this is how you teach a porpoise a new trick. You wait until it does something quite naturally and maybe it squirts some water out of the top of its head and you throw it a fish. Now porpoises like fish and goes, ah, oh, thanks for the fish and swims around a bit more, maybe squirts some more water, gets thrown another fish. And within 20 minutes, that porpoise has realized 
that if it squirts water out of the top of its head, it's going to get a fish. And then pretty much on cue, that porpoise could squirt water out the top of its head. And that's how you teach a porpoise a new trick. Everyone's impressed, they leave. And then in the afternoon, the next group comes in, all pay their dollar. The porpoise is taken from the Holden Bay into the main arena and goes, I know this game, squirts water out the top of its head and gets no fish. Well, this group has come to see how do you teach a porpoise a new trick. And the porpoise is like, we had a deal. You, I'd squirt water, you'd give me a fish. So it swims around, maybe splashes its tail, gets thrown a fish. It's like, huh? That's a bit strange. Squirts some water, no fish, splashes its tail gets thrown a fish and within 20 minutes has connected ah it's the towel splashy thing you now like and is getting all the fish it looks out sorry it's little heart's desire and that's how you teach a porpoise a new trick and then the our evening group would come in they all pay their dollar the porpoise would come from the holding bay into the main arena and said i know this game you want the towel splashy thing now splashes its towel gets no fish now remember this group has come to see how do you teach a porpoise a new trick and it's like, oh, squirts some water, no fish, and swims around, maybe rolls over, gets thrown a fish. And the porpoise is like, huh? Splashes the tail, nothing, squirt the water, nothing, rolls over, gets thrown a fish. And within 20 minutes, realises it's now the rolly over thing that they now like, and it's getting all the fish that little heart desires. And that's how you teach a porpoise a new trick. And this went on for 10 to 11 days. And on the 12th day, they discovered they had one grumpy porpoise on their hand, would not do anything for no amount of fish. And what they discovered after having to cancel all the shows, and it took them about 48 hours to discover this, is that sometimes you have to give a porpoise a fish for no other reason than it's a porpoise. Now what we're talking here obviously is positive reinforcement. And it works to a point. And then at some point, somebody will turn around to you and say, I'm not a performing porpoise. Now, the great news from this story, once they've discovered this and the porpoise had calmed down, the next day, that porpoise came out and performed all the tricks it learned in the previous days and apparently three others that never seen in that species. So we can see here that feedback carries a lot of responsibility. So it's one of the fastest ways to grow is to get good quality feedback. And yet, if you've ever asked somebody, can you give me some feedback? They're often not really sure how to give you some feedback on what to do. And they end up saying to you, oh no, it was all very nice, I really enjoyed it. And you wanted that opportunity to grow. So here's how you help somebody give you the feedback that will take you to that next level. Decide on what you're working on. So maybe in meetings you're working on your tone of voice. So you might say to somebody, can you give me some feedback on my tone of voice within meetings? What I'm particularly exploring is vocal inflections, adding more interest to my voice or whether am I monotone when I'm speaking. Now notice, soon as you've done that and ask somebody some feedback and you're that precise, you've really helped them give you the feedback that is needed. So once again, we've covered a huge amount in these sessions. This is just great. So we explored that feedback is the breakfast of champions and not Wheaties. It's one of the fastest ways to grow and get forward in any area of your life. We notice that sometime you'll get to a point in your career where getting the feedback you need to take you to the next level becomes really tricky. 
And if you can find somebody to give you great feedback, go out of your way to receive it. Then we talked about the responsibility of the person giving and receiving the feedback to keep it all intact. And that sometimes feedback tells you more about the person giving it than the person receiving it. And how important it is to evaluate that feedback because sometimes it is hidden in a whole bunch of rubbish. And if you're gonna change your behavior, do something different to evaluate that. Then we talked about giving feedback and we looked at the feedback sandwich and how notice how much work it took to do a genuine feedback sandwich. Then we talked about the porpoise and the amazing ability of positive feedback and reinforcement of behavior, but it also has its limits. And then we touched just a little bit on, if you want to receive good quality feedback, how you can help other people. So if you've got any questions, if I can serve you in any way, are there any topics that you would like us to cover? Feedback is always welcomed. Have a wonderful week. And until next time, this is John Cassiari saying, see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter, where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistics, programming, and beyond.